confirms the person with all deliberate speed. Overseas. A video released by Russian defense officials shows a dozen Navy warships performing drills in the Baltic Sea as the possibility of an invasion of Ukraine looms large. The Kremlin says U.S. proposals aren't good enough. CBS's Holly Williams is in Kyiv. Russia's demands include rolling back NATO forces from Eastern Europe and a ban on Ukraine joining NATO. America's written response was hand-delivered yesterday by the U.S. ambassador to Moscow. It hasn't been made public. But the U.S. and NATO have made it clear they will not agree to Russia's demands. Today is the deadline for unvaccinated health care workers in the U.S. to get their first round of COVID shots. And lines are disappearing at testing sites like this one near Boston. It makes it easier to do, so I hope it encourages more people to get testing if they need testing. The Transportation Department has just released a plan to cut down on the soaring number of pedestrian deaths. CBS's Jim Crisula. Money from the infrastructure law will be used on things like lower speed limits. Safer road design, including dedicated bike and bus lanes, better street lighting and crosswalks. There will be new rules to require automatic emergency braking technology in new vehicles. This is a day to remember a horrific period in world history. For some Jews, like Arek Hirsch, surviving the Holocaust came down to a split-second decision by a Nazi death camp guard. So I, I made myself older two years, and he told me to go to the right side. And... And then um, I, I was chosen to live. S&P futures are up 23. This is CBS News. There's always something new under the sun. CBS Mornings, weekdays on CBS. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. <laughs> Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code SEMI for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SEMI for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SEMI. A rock star takes a hit from a music streaming service. Neil Young gave Spotify an ultimatum. It's either me or Joe Rogan. And Spotify picked Joe Rogan. Young had demanded the platform remove his catalog because he was upset Rogan, whose podcast is also featured on Spotify, was spreading misinformation about COVID. The singer even called Rogan a damaging force. But Spotify says it hopes Young changes his mind. Till then, it's removed most of Young's music. The only tracks left are his live and soundtrack singles. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Never mind his troubles. Of thousands of Travis Scott fans have signed a petition calling for the rapper to headline Coachella next year, or at least make a guest appearance with Kanye West at April's festival. Scott was replaced with Harry Styles after chaos at an Astro World concert in Texas in November led to eight deaths. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. On our first date, we had masks on and kept six feet apart. Now we're a lot closer. Just like Cliff and Deb, thousands of singles over 50 found their perfect match on Silver Singles last year. I feel like I'm 20 years old again, and I'm pretty sure she feels the same way. Rediscover the magic of dating with Silver Singles, the exclusive community for singles over 50. Sign up today and receive daily matches you won't want to miss at silversingles.com slash radio. Silversingles.com slash radio. Now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that the widely used non-contact thermometers are not accurate and have high probabilities for false negative readings. New COVID strands are on the rise and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible at a time when accuracy matters most. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. Don't wait. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. 
At Pizza Cottage, they always use the finest ingredients, treat their customers and employees like family, and always give back to the community. From pizzas to subs, wings to pasta, they have everything for your family to enjoy. You can also book their party rooms and their food trip. Pizza Cottage has a new location at 951 East State Street for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery through door. So visit them today or visit their website, www.pizza-cottage.com. When there's something strange lurking under your bed, who are you going to call? Dustbusters! Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. I'm Brandy. You may know me as a branch manager, but I'm also a volunteer and a band mom. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Brandy or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. Hey, it's Boots Timely Topics, NASCAR in L.A., Mike Shank at Daytona, and snowmobile racing on the ice. That's AutoSmarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Here at A Work of Heart, we have just what you need for the perfect gift or decoration for your home. We have two laser engravers, which you can use to design the perfect gift with names, dates, and sayings. Most of these products are made in Ohio. We have beautiful decorative wreaths with plaques that can be personalized with sayings or family names. Most of these products can be taken home the same day. We stock a great selection of porch flags and rugs with seasonal inserts that will make your front door so inviting. We have a great selection of inspirational signs made in West Virginia and Indiana, such as This Is Us, Our Life, Our Story, Our Home, some with a West Virginia or Ohio State outline. How about Welcome to the Porch or Welcome to the Deck? Come see us today at A Work of Heart in Grand Central Mall, Vienna, West Virginia, and find us on Facebook or at aworkofheart.biz. Daily reports at the stock market's close. Tune in at 5.30 tonight on WATH to stay informed about your money. The stock market report is brought to you by Goldsberry Wealth Strategies, serving Athens County since 2005. The Goldsberry Wealth Strategies stock market report airs exclusively in Athens County on 970 WATH weekdays at 5.30 immediately after our local newscast. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. I-N-E-P-T Emmett Tech Two, four, six, eight Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters Raw, raw, raw Well, Coach Turf, the final day of practice before yet another conference game coming up this week on the road as you go to Tri-Nitro Tech. That's right. You know, we're going to be playing TNT this week, and you know, when you make up your schedule at the start of the season, you look over all them fine ball games you're going to be playing. This one is one of them highlight ball games. You look at it and say, boy, how did TNT always got a strong team, always got an explosive ball club, and this should be a dynamite ball game. Well, I figured something was up when you asked me to meet you at the ROTC firing range instead of at your regular practice facility this week. Why was that, Coach? Well, that's right. You know, I remember a couple of weeks back when we was uh, over to Seashore State, and them boys had a real home field advantage, and, and uh, this Tri-Nitro uh, ball club, you know, they play over in uh, Nitro, West Virginia. They got a real home field advantage, too, because... Uh, they, they really uh, try and, and sack up their opponents by all the, all the stuff they got going on around their ball. You, you boys want to let that stuff go? What do we got happening here? What is that, Coach? Well, you know, uh, this is the kind of atmosphere they got over at their ball games and their ball diamond. And, uh, and they, we want to try and, and what you call simulate all the action for all the boys out in the practice so they'll know what to expect for the ball game. I hope none of your team gets shell-shocked before hitting the road tomorrow. Well, we're going to be shell-shocked enough at the ball game because they got some real fine ball players that uh, really carry out the coach's game plan over there. Coach Turf, I certainly think this is an unusual way to prepare for a ball game, and, and we'll be back with more 
from the firing range at the ROTC department with Coach Art Turf. Right now, let's duck and pause for this message. <laughs> Shell shocked, indeed. The Art Turf Show is wait, proudly wait, sponsored why, by. Why are you behind that desk, ducking down like that? It's there's flying mortars everywhere, oh. going over there from ROTC area. At at uh, Nitro, West Virginia. It stopped. You can stand up. That's good. Okay. I'm, I'm way up. I'm on top of the counter right now, dancing. You are. Cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Art Turf Show is proudly sponsored by Hot Apple Cider, and what a good day for that. Now we're back at the ROTC firing range with Coach Art Turf, and... Coach, you must have gotten a very complete scouting report from your advanced uh, scouts, Coach Lewis and Coach Clark. I understand you sent them out on a reconnaissance mission. Well, no. Uh, what I done was I sent them out to find out some stuff about TNT, and uh, what they brought back uh, was uh, the report that what they do is they try and really sock up their opponents and try to get them real scared before they even go in there to play them, and that's how come they got what you call your home field advantage over there. And, and that home field advantage extends clean to the locker room. You know, they got them locker rooms built underground there uh, at, the, at the stadium, which is kind of like being a uh, bomb shelters almost. And they got signs up all in, in the visitor's locker room saying that the ball field out there has got mines in it. And you got to watch where you're stepping out there. And, and of course, now, if, you, if you're a, a freshman, sophomore, underclassman that goes in there to play for the first time, it's got to be... Uh, uh, a real experience and, and something that uh, that you're really afraid to do, and that's what they play on there, and that's how come they're such an explosive ball club. A brilliant coaching maneuver by yourself, Coach, to prepare them in this way, get them ready for this football game. Well, that might be the first thing I've done right in a long time. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. Wow, look at that sunshine. It's brilliant. Not doing much good, though. Well, maybe. I think we were as low as minus three earlier. We're now up to one degree. Nevertheless, they say our high today is going to be 37. And then it's going to be colder the next couple days. And uh, the next time we hit that 37, 38 mark is going to be Sunday. Tuesday, 56. Crazy. All right, good morning, folks. Welcome. And Scott, good morning. Good morning. I'll take 56. Well, yeah. We were at uh, actually four below this morning. When you include the wind chill or the... Uh, the wind chill was five below. Oh, man. So, yeah, it was... My car said minus one as I was coming in. Oh, it was cold. Yeah. And I've been reminding folks all morning to please remember to check on their outdoor pets. In yeah. days like this, so our, our our cat that is an outdoor cat has been in for um, a week or so now, and uh, living up in the loft above the master bedroom, and um, and seems very content there. <laughs> I might add. Uh, I would right. guess so. Our cat Bree. Okay. Well, today is January twenty seventh, folks. Does it seem like January has just flown by? 
Uh, yes and no. Yeah. With the cold weather, no. I, I know. With the, everything being busy, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Today is National Chocolate Cake Day. Mm-hmm. How can you go wrong? You can't. You There's know, no way. Um, not not to uh, pick somebody out or or speak ill of any other place. But uh, have you eaten at Soul Restaurant, S O L? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a Cuban influence, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, have you ever seen their chocolate cake? I have not. I'm not kidding. It's that tall. What is that? Eight inches? Oh, it's at least a foot and a half. No, no. <laughs> That's like a triple decker cake, right it, there. It is. It is a triple. Might like even six be. inches, maybe. What you had there, six to eight. Yeah. Uh, it, it's eight. I'm going to say it's eight inches. All right. We'll go with that. Chocolate cake. Wow. Make mine with chocolate icing on it. Oh, it's, it's got that. I mean, yeah. it's got layers of it all through it. Oh, yeah. You ever had the ho-ho cakes where it has the cream filling, like in the second layer of the cake, like the oh. ho- Hostess ho-ho cakes? Where are those? You can buy. It's oh, like you... a chocolate cake with chocolate well, icing. You, at a grocery store, you mean? Yeah. It's got the, the filling, the cream filling on the middle, sounds, in the middle of it. Sounds good. Oh, they're good. It's like a Swiss Swiss cake roll. Anyway, today is National Chocolate Cake Day. There's only two items listed today. We've already mentioned the chocolate cake. Now, this next one, I don't get. National Cowboy Poetry Gathering Week. <laughs> You've got to look this up. I I don't even have that on my list of national days. National Cowboy Poetry Gathering Week. All right, let's see. What What do you mean you don't have it on your list? What list do you use? I'm just looking at. Uh, it pops up a website called National Day Calendar. Well, that's what this is. Yeah, they. I got shorted then. Okay. National Cowboy Poetry Gathering Week. Just. All right, here we go. A week of poetry, music, dancing, workshops, exhibits, conversation, food and fellowship, rooted in tradition but focused on today's rural West. Where, in Ethiopia? I guess here in the U.S., Held at the end of January, just like the gathering, expect poetry, music, talks, and gear you know and love from cowboy poetry into a special live-streamed virtual weekend. Can we find an example of a cowboy poem, poetry? Um, I, I can't think of anything. This says it is at the Western Folklife Center. In Elko, Nevada, the Western Folklife Center is a nonprofit cultural center in Elko, Nevada, that hosts exhibits, theater, music, poetry events that celebrate the history and landscape of the American West. Every year, the center hosts the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering. Okay. Well, interesting. So um, it is all those things that were mentioned right there. Our trivia question of the day um, was easier than most. The question was, which branch of the military is older than America itself? And, of course, what they wrote down was, is it the Army, the Marines, the Navy, or the Coast Guard? Oh, it's got to be the Army, doesn't yeah, it? Yes, I thought so. 42% of Americans that uh, go to this site selected Army, and they were correct. In fact, on June 14th, 1775, 
the Second Continental Congress, passed a bill creating a unified Continental Army to be led by George Washington. So technically, the United States has had an army for a year longer than it has in fact been a country. The U.S. Army considers itself to be a continuation of the Continental Army, and thus its founding in 1775 is considered to be the beginning of the United States Army. Originally formed to protect the freedom of the first 13 colonies, the Army has evolved and grown from a small militia force into the world's premier fighting force. Did you have any military experience? No. Okay. Not even um, ROTC or something like no, that? No, nothing like that. Just uh, the only military, military experience I had was dad being a veteran yes. and my oldest brother being a veteran. Of course, veterans in my extended family, uncles. Your father was in the Army? Yes. And your brother? Army. Also. Yes. As was I. Yes. Great uncles, great grandparents in uh, World War One, Two, even as far back as we've traced it uh, even back to the Revolutionary War. Dad was able to do uh, the genealogy and trace it all the way back to uh, Lieutenant David Daly mm-hmm. in the uh, Revolutionary War. You know... Um there's a website out there, folks. I'm sure you've come across it called Ancestry.com. And um, uh, you can do all sorts of things with it. But one of the things that you can do is send a DNA sample. And then periodically you'll get an email from them where they have found someone who they believe is related to you. Now, given the fact that I was adopted at, what, I don't know how many days old I was, I've had some curiosity about that. And it says my background, based on my DNA, is largely Scotland and Wales, that sort of thing. Um, But... Every so often you get the name of someone and um, it's kind of an interesting thing. And um, But they, they tell you how distant a relative they m- might be in terms of, I don't even know the, the terms exactly, but What's that expression? They're they're four. I I don't four times removed. Something like that. Four generations. Yeah. Well, anyway. Let's see. Let's do historical events. Okay. So on this date of January twenty seventh. But the year was eighteen twenty. The Russian Antarctic. Expedition led by Fabian Gottlieb von Bellingshausen. Bellingshausen, what a name. Um, and Mikhail Lazarev. They discovered the continent of Antarctica. How about that? It feels like that here in southeast Ohio right now. It does. Outside, Um, that is. Let's see here. 1825, the U.S. Congress approves Indian Territory, um, which today is basically Oklahoma, clearing the way for the forced relocation of the eastern Indian tribes via the Trail of Tears. 1888. 
the National Geographic Society is founded in Washington, D.C. for the increase and diffusion of geographic knowledge. 1924 on this date, Lenin placed in a mausoleum in Red Square, Moscow. 1944, the siege of Leningrad, lifted by the Soviets after 880 days and more than 2 million Russians killed. Wow. 1945, on this date, Soviet troops liberate Auschwitz and Birkenau concentration camps, those located in Poland. And the last item... 1973, the U.S. and North Vietnam's William Rogers and, um, well, I used to be able to say this so smoothly, but seeing it in print, Nguyen Doi Trinh, who was Vietnam's top guy. Anyway, they signed the ceasefire, ending the longest U.S. war and military draft. that quite well. Okay, famous birthdays. We've got a guy wearing a uniform here. He lived from eight let's see, he was born in on this date in eighteen fifty, died in nineteen twelve. His name simply Edward Smith. And uh, let's see I can't quite make out what uniform he's wearing. I think it's navy. Naval. That's my guess. Edward Smith. Edward Smith was a British naval officer. He served as... British, okay. Yes. Served as master of numerous White Star Line vessels, which we know that was the line that produced the famously sunken ship Titanic. So, not necessarily military... But rather, um, he was the captain of the Titanic. Yeah. Okay. He was captain of the Titanic. Yes. Okay. Perished in, at sea April 15th, 1912. Yep. When that ship went down. The next person is uh, who was born on this date uh, in the year 18. 18- 59, he died in 1941. It's Wilhelm II. And he, too, wearing quite a uh, highly decorated uniform. Wilhelm II, anglicized as William II, was the last German emperor and king of Prussia, reigning from June 15, 1888, until his abdication on November 9, 1918. He, uh, so he lived believe, quite a while after uh, after his abdication. I think w- he may have been referred to as Kaiser Wilhelm. Okay. Uh, he was the last Kaiser of Germany. Uh, I'm, I'm going to show my ignorance here. Kaiser. Is that a term similar to president? Some, yes, something like that. The leader. Okay. Yes. Um, another, we have two more, both born um, on this date, but in, of course, a much earlier year. Both are um, not living. Lewis Carroll, C-A-R-R-O-L-L, born on this date in 1832, died in 1898. Lewis Carroll. Charles Ludwig Dodgson, better known by his pen name, Lewis Carroll, was an English writer of children's fiction, uh, notably Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and its sequel, Through the Looking Glass. He was noted for his facility with wordplay, logic, and fantasy. Well, this picture here certainly would not give you any tips to that degree. He looks very sad. Anyway, 
And the last one, uh, we don't have to look up too much. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Ah, uh, yes. Born on this date in 1756, died in 1791. Didn't live very long. But, of course, a tremendous uh, composer. Yes. Okay, two famous deaths occurring on this date. Giuseppe Verde. He was born in 1813, but died on this date in 1901. Verdi, another uh, music guy, right? Uh, yes. V-E-R-D-I, I, I want to say, right? Mm-hmm. V-E-R-D-I. Yes. Yeah, he was uh, an Italian composer best known for his operas. He was born near Busseto to a provincial family of moderate means, receiving a musical education with the help of a local patron. So it appears that someone basically sponsored him. This next person I knew very well. Um, Nerva. <laughs> I I shouldn't make try to be silly. Uh, he was born on um, in 30 A.D. He died in 98 A.D. Now I get it when you mention the dates. Yeah. Uh, Verd Nerva. N. E R V A. And he's his the picture they have here is of one of these concrete statues. Oh, another granite head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Nerva was a Roman emperor from '96 to '98. He became emperor when aged almost. 66 years of age after a lifetime of imperial service under Nero and the rulers of the Flavian dynasty or Flavian under Nero he was a member of the imperial entourage and played a vital part in exposing the Pisonian conspiracy of 65 what yeah I knew him real well yeah um Let's okay. see. His greatest accomplishment was his ability to ensure a peaceful transition of power after his death by selecting Trajan as his heir. And yet another granite head. All right. With the picture here. Mm-hmm. Well, the um, let's see, the big story from yesterday, I guess. Or maybe even it was... The night before. Forgive me. Do they say Breyer or Briar? I've heard Briar. Okay. Uh, Stephen Breyer. Supreme Court Justice. He plans to retire from the Supreme Court before beginning of the next term. His decision marks the first opportunity to nominate a Supreme Court justice for President Joe Biden, who campaigned on filling a potential slot with a black female candidate. He was appointed, that is, uh, Stephen Breyer was appointed by former President Bill Clinton back in 1994, He is presently 83 years old and is one of the court's three left-leaning justices. Uh, It says here, Breyer voted to uphold the Affordable Care Act, joined in the 2015 decision to legalize same-sex marriage, and backed a number of pro-choice rulings. The vacancy also marks the first time Senate Democrats will be able to confirm a nominee with a simple majority after Senate Republicans removed the 60-volt threshold for Supreme Court nominations. They did that back in 2017. Um, 
they go on here to say that his potential replacements, and then they name uh, several people. Uh, let's see, it includes the U.S. Circuit Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson, there we go, of the Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. And from California's Supreme Court, Justice Leander Kruger. I, I think I have also heard that his, that is, uh, Stephen Breyer's top staffer, And if I'm not mistaken, it's a female. And I think is black. Is also among the names being mentioned. Now let's see here. Over in Syria. We've had a prison standoff occurring. Let's get an update on that. U.S.-backed Kurdish forces said yesterday they had fully taken back, or have fully retaken, that's the words they're using, a prison in the Syrian city of Hasaka, repelling Islamic State fighters who stormed the facility late last week. The assault was the largest offensive by the Islamic State in the region since the fall of the organization's self-declared caliphate, which occurred in 2019. Caliphate, C-A-L-I-P-H-A-T-E. That's, I'm just wanting the exact meaning of that word. I can guess what it means. Yeah, it's uh, um, and it looks like it's an Islamic term, the rule or reign of a caliph or a chief Muslim ruler. Okay. Well, then I, I'm glad we looked it up because I would have been wrong based on my guess. Okay, going on. This, this, this sophisticated attack included a pair of suicide bombings timed with a riot inside the prison by jail militants. At least 180 people died in the fighting, with the death toll expected to rise as recovery crews search for those missing. International aid groups raised alarm over the fate of more than 850 children detained in the facility. Wow. Officials say many minors were brought by parents seeking to join the Islamic State. Kurdish officials estimate 12,000 um, IS pro suspects across 50 different nationalities are jailed across the region with minimal capacity to try or, or repatriate the prisoners. Okay, what about our science folks? This next story is simply entitled Fusion Milestone. Researchers detailed yesterday the generation of a so-called burning plasma, a key milestone towards self-sustaining fusion power. The paper covers the results of a series of experiments carried out over the past two years. Unlike traditional nuclear power, which relies on fission, fission energy, released when a heavy atom splits into lighter atoms, 
Fusion power harnesses energy released when lighter atoms combine. A burning plasma is one where fused atoms provide the majority of heat, a critical step toward the ultimate goal of creating a fusion reaction with enough power to sustain itself. You following this? I'm listening, yes. I'm trying to follow <laughs> along with it, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go on. Fusion reactions create millions of times more energy than sources like coal and natural <clears throat> gas. And many researchers consider the commercialization of fusion plants a holy grail of power generation. Now that completes the picture. The experiments took place at the National Ignition Facility at Livermore Lab in Livermore, California. I've been there. A facility that focuses nearly 200 lasers onto a single fuel pallet. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Lots of energy there. <laughs> no. <coughs> Why is that? Okay. <laughs> well, I think we've hit most of these. Came across a report that was disturbing this morning. It's entitled, The Safest States During COVID-19. I'll read the opening. As the United States continues its efforts to overcome COVID-19 pandemic and the surging Omicron variant, staying safe is one of America's top concerns. Safety is also essential for getting the economy back on track as the lower COVID-19 transmission and deaths are in a state the fewer restrictions there will be and the more confidence people will have to shop in person. While the country has mostly reopened, increasing the percentage of people who have been vaccinated and received booster doses uh, is key to getting back to life as normal. The good news is that around 64% of our nation's population now, now has been fully vaccinated. Now, some states are already safer than others, though, based on how well they have kept the pandemic under control and how much they are vaccinating and the like. In order to find out the safest states during the COVID-19 pandemic, we compared the 50 states and the District of Columbia across five key metrics. Our data set includes the rates of COVID-19 transmission, positive testing, hospitalizations, and deaths, as well as the share of eligible people getting vaccinated. Okay, so as much information as we talk about on this topic over the last what, year and a half, two years. Um, what really caught my eye, and it was why I brought this report in today, where do you think Ohio ranks? Right in the middle. I'm sorry, you're wrong. But you were guessing it. It ranks 49th out of 51 in terms of being the safest state. Who's worse? 
Indiana makes 50th and Oklahoma 51st. That just is amazing to me. Yeah. Well, we've been seeing the COVID rates increasing here in Ohio recently and hospitalizations going up and death counts going up and uh, new cases each day reported by the Ohio Department of Health. So let's go the other direction. Let's, yeah. let's talk about how what states are doing well. So who has the least problem? Uh, I'll say Vermont. Hawaii. Hmm. <clears throat> Followed by California <coughs> is number two. Virginia, number three. The District of Columbia, number four. Maine, five. Sixth is... Oregon, 7th is Florida, and 8th, Vermont. There you go. Now, name another state you want me to look Uh, at. Let's go to our neighbors, the West Virginia. Okay. West Virginia ranks 46th. Remember, we're 49th, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kentucky, 42nd. Pennsylvania, I guess, is the only one we've left out so far. It's 29th, right in the middle. Michigan. I'm looking. Oh, here it is. I'm sorry. It took me a moment. 33rd. So we around this area are all up there. Well, in terms of being in the last half, okay. Anyway, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and you know, uh, as we've mentioned before, with these home testing kits now, you, you know, you just wonder how much of it is not reported to those statistics too, and (coughs) excuse me, the week or the uh, two-week lag of getting the numbers compiled to from the time of the initial infection to when the symptoms appear. But I think uh, <clears throat> even Dr. Gaskell referred to that about the in-home testing, at-home testing kits uh, being underreported when they test positive. But you know, we we can hope to go the other way. The tests that I receive, which if you listen to my show at all regularly, you will recall were defective tests. Oh, yes. The, um, the little vial of fluid, I couldn't get any fluid out of the two tests we got. I don't know if they, it was a manufacturing error or what. But the company has uh, replaced those. They mailed them to us. Anyway. Now, what was my point? The at-home testing kit results? Yeah. Oh, in the tests that I was taking, that we were trying to take, had to be done with someone over the phone. And they would... Uh, walk you through what you were supposed to do. They even asked you to have your camera on your phone working. And then they took, what are those called, QR codes? Mm-hmm. You know, those, like, um, those square blocks of... Yeah, it looks like a digital type of a printout. Yeah. You can hold your camera on it. And they, they would log them what test um, what test number you were taking and, you know, all of that. Yeah. So um, in, in that case, I don't think I could have avoided telling them the outcome. 
But I don't know if mo- all tests uh, require that or not. Yeah, I, I don't know either. And even so, if they do test positive, who's, uh, who's to say they may not make that phone call like you did? Well, I mean, they walked me through it. Yeah. But I'm saying that someone may just go ahead and do the test. And they hang up? Or not, e- or not even dial. Yeah, not even call. Just mm. they're going to do it on their own. I see. Okay, well, let's do a little more about this uh, vaccination stuff and other things with COVID here. So, um, we have a six, yeah, six-way tie for the highest vaccination rate in the country. That is to say, in terms of percentages. California, Connecticut, District of Columbia, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York. All of them are the the highest rate, and they're all kind of tied. What state do you think has the lowest vaccination rate? Hmm. Uh, hmm. D.C. Uh, no. D.C. was in one of those tied for the top. Oh, okay. District of Columbia. Um, I didn't catch that. Okay, well, uh, think of what's what state I tease a lot. Oh, okay. Wyoming. That's correct. So I almost com- said that. <laughs> coming in dead last, Wyoming. Just before it, Mississippi. 49th is Indiana, 47th Louisiana. Oh, wait. Louisiana and Idaho are tied for 47th. Okay. Now, um, what about testing rate? So uh, the highest testing rate goes to the district. I'm sorry, lowest testing rate? No. Stop, Palmer. Get it right. Lowest Positive testing rate, District of Columbia, followed by Vermont, Illinois, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. Highest positive testing rate, Washington State, Oklahoma, Alabama, Mississippi, Idaho. Understand this lowest hospitalization, highest hospitalization. Well, I can't explain that one, so I'm not going to read it. Okay, well, anyway. I, I think we've hit this well, well enough anyway. Um, put all my papers together. We have about five minutes remaining in today's program. And um, I tell you what, I can't believe I forgot. Uh, the Fred Palmer commentary. Um, I wish we had dates associated with these. But uh, we don't. Um, Anyway, this is on the topic of coffee. Friends, the other day in Columbus, I paid 94 cents for a cup of warm coffee. It piqued my curiosity, so I went to the library and got a book on coffee. The story of coffee is rather exciting. It all started in the area between Ethiopia, Ethiopia and Yemen. A goat herd whose name was Calde noticed his goats eating red berries, after which they jumped about with great activity. So he ate some of the berries, and he felt good and danced around. A monk from a nearby monastery was passing by, noticed the effect of the red berries, so he picked some. He parched his berries and dropped them in hot water for a drink. As a result, he did not fall asleep during his prayers. So all the monks began to drink the new medicine, and all stayed awake during their prayers. 
The same trees with red berries are still growing in Ethiopia today, and the use of the coffee bean spread among the Arabs. They tried to keep it secret, but a Muslim pilgrim from India, Baba Budan, smuggled seven seeds out of Arabia over into India. They grew, and the use of coffee sipped from small cups as a ceremonial drink became widely used. Eventually, the Dutch carried some plants from Malabar in India to Java, Indonesia, where it flourished. And that is why we often refer to a cup of Java. And Louis Bromfield named his farm near Mansfield Malabar after the town in India. By this time, King Louis XIV of France heard of coffee that gave you a new vigor. So he ordered a tree to be sent to him. Since the tree must always be warm, King Louis built the first heated greenhouse in Europe for his beloved coffee tree. And it was from this spe specific tree that seeds were sent to Central and South America that produces most of the coffee today. Now there's a lot more to tell in another commentary, but think about this. The average coffee drinker drinks 30 gallons of coffee a year, and our coffee breaks add up to 16 full working days a year. Just thought you'd like to know. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I, if you listen to this show regularly, you've heard me say before, I have boxes full of these commentaries that he hand-wrote. And, like, um, he would write them on a... Um, Oh, an envelope. He'd open up the envelope, the sides and everything, and write it on the back of them. And just all manner of scraps of paper. Wow. Well, um, let's see. We should talk about Amy Schneider. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Forty shows she managed to appear on before losing. Was that last night? Mm-hmm. Yes. Her winnings, like, was it one point nine million? Something like that. Um. But that also, uh, there is someone that has done one better. Not one better. I mean, one person lasted longer than that in the history of the program. And I don't know who it is, but Amy Schneider's run on Jeopardy has ended after 40 games. Ken Jennings is Ken, who the oh, right. all-time leader is. He's got 74 in a row. I think she had, what, 40? Yeah. What, did they say what Ken Jennings' winnings were? Oh, millions. I, I don't exactly recall the number, but, um, yeah, millions. Okay. <laughs> well, um, golly. I'm going to see if I can find it right now. Well, we only have a few seconds left. And if you don't get it, we can always finish the week with it. Okay. Folks, weather-wise, it's now up to 6 degrees, headed up to 37 as a high. And the sunshine you see right now is supposed to continue. Ken Jennings, 2.5 million. There you go. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The economy boomed in 2021. Numbers from the Commerce Department show the nation's gross domestic product, or GDP, expanded by 5.7%. That's second only to the record of 7.2% when Ronald Reagan was president. A note of caution from CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. Economists warned that the numbers could start to fall off. The COVID variant Omicron likely dented growth towards the end of the year and most certainly will show up in 
in January figures. President Biden's issued a statement crediting his economic strategy and pointing out it's the first time in 20 years the U.S. economy has grown faster than China's. 83-year-old Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer goes to the White House today to officially announce he'll retire and pave the way for Mr. Biden to nominate a new liberal-leaning justice. He's promised it will be a black woman. Correspondent Jan Crawford. The top candidates all are judges. The frontrunner, 51-year-old federal appeals court judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, a Harvard Law School graduate who is a law clerk for Justice Breyer. Now President Biden's shortlist has several other highly qualified African-American women, including California Supreme Court Justice Leandra Kruger, South Carolina federal judge Michelle Childs. Russia says the U.S. written response to its demands on Ukraine leaves little ground for optimism as all signs continue to point to a Russian invasion. Correspondent Holly Williams is in Ukraine. At St. Michael's Golden Domed Monastery in Kiev, where the faithful have worshipped for over 900 years,